0: Hi, Hanny. (laughs) Hi, Hanny. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Three Hanny Ladies.
1: (laughs) That's Joe Bailey.
0: That is Suzanne Jacakis. No! That is Olympia Dukakis.
1: (laughs) I'm Olympia Dukakis. Hello?
0: Back from the dead.
1: Just to do this podcast. She's our (laughs) special guest today. We Um, have
0: channeled Olympia Bukakis. (laughs) How the fuck are you?
1: Oh, great. (laughs) Just
0: getting it right out there.
1: Just getting it right out. How the fuck are you?
0: (laughs) Great. Oh, my Lantis. Yeah. It's just been a whirlwind of activity today.
1: Oh, no. You actually had to work and stuff?
0: I did. I did. Did you?
1: A little bit. Yeah. I had like a meeting and I was like, oh, please. I can't.
0: Mm. Ugh, it's too Ugh. much.
1: Yeah, it's too much. You want me to work? Just send me Ugh. the money. God.
0: Yeah, show just me the my, money.
1: Just take my take my bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> take my bits. I'm sorry, I'm having a stroke.
1: <laughs> um, anything exciting happen this week? No. Nothing here either.
0: Yeah, it was Father's Day, which neither of us celebrated because our fathers are dead. <laughs> Although you have a husband who is a father, so that's a different that's a horse of a different color
1: yeah yeah, but you know he didn't do anything for me so i didn't do shit for me <laughs>
0: well then fuck that guy
1: but i will say we actually ended up spending father's day at my sister-in-law's house celebrating two of her boys birthdays so oh. we sort of celebrated and then we gave my father-in-law stuff and i made snide comments about how we didn't get mother's day stuff because that's how i am <laughs> um so we sort of we sort of celebrated, but yeah, I was thinking about a, a like you know a post about Father's Day, and I just wasn't really feeling it. I was like, meh. Pete yeah. knows Happy Father's Day. It's fine. And yeah. then <laughs> and then for my dad, I was like, mm, you know what? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead. What do you care? <laughs>
0: you're dead daddy <laughs> this is how we come um
1: so yeah we don't care you and i don't care other no. people care not us
0: yeah no yeah no
1: complicated relationships and dead so that's like a twofer right there yeah
0: it's like yeah mm-hmm. yours more complicated than mine by far but still oh yeah well but you know listen i'm just gonna keep saying yep nope yeah, no, uh, yeah. That, you know mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, nope
1: what else? What else?
0: We did go and see. Uh, so there was a new production of the Fantastics, the musical. Let's talk about it. That uh, was uh, redone by the original author, Tom Jones, not the famous <laughs> singer, Tom Jones. Oh, well then. Fuck it. Uh, but this man is now 94 years old.
1: That is when I saw there was like redone by him himself. I was like. That seems, (laughs) that's crazy to me.
0: (laughs) I know. But they made it into a a story of two boys who fall in love. uh, And it was really, really well done. The show was just weird in general. Okay. But the production was great. And it's interesting because it was done at Flint Repertory Theater, which is oddly enough in Flint, Michigan.
1: That is crazy.
0: (laughs) And within the theater circles, this was a really big deal and got national press. And I don't believe they ever really sold out any performances. We were there the closing Saturday performance, and there were a good number of seats that were still available. So I I attribute that to, you know, Flint. Um, sure. And I think if it would have been done in any sort of like more major metropolitan area, there probably would have been like more sold out houses. But so that was interesting.
1: I did see it all over the interwebs and not even from friends that were in it. Like, like you said, like national news, that's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. And it was really well done. It was really like their, uh, production values are all always real good up there, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, but it was mm -hmm. just very stunning, stark. Yeah. Just really, really well done. And our friend Richard was in it. And, uh, So, yeah, so that was really my highlight. I haven't, it's been a busy week for me, so I haven't really been watching anything or anything like that of any merit.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, me neither. I don't, if I have, I don't remember anything.
0: Did you Um, finish the Obi-Wan Kenobi? I don't want to know about the cameo or whatever it was. You're going to watch it? I probably, yes.
1: How did you feel, without us getting into a debate, because I'm hot-headed when it comes to this subject, how did you feel about the prequels? I hated them. Oh, thank God. Oh. <laughs> they, they, oh, they were, were fucking garbage. They're, yeah, they're, they're terrible. terrible. They're fucking garbage.
0: I've seen each um, one once and that was more than enough.
1: Uh, same, same z's. I was like, oh, this is fucking terrible because George Lucas should not direct.
0: Never, ever. He can
1: come up with a story all day long, but then uh-huh. he needs to hand them off. Yep. He needs to hand them off to other people. He's a terrible director. So I never, ever blamed Hayden Christensen or Natalie Portman because I feel like they just did exactly what their director told them to do because I feel like even though they were both proven good actors, I think being in a star in the star Wars world is, um, intimidating and you feel a great honor, I would assume. And so they, and they didn't know any better, like people like Harrison Ford and stuff, they don't care about anything. And also they were in the originals. So they didn't know how big it was going to be, obviously. So yeah, they would be like, fuck you. I'm not doing that. That's stupid. Or they would improvise and stuff. And I think that Natalie and Hayden, because that's what I call them. I think they just did what George Lucas told them to do because he was George Lucas and they didn't know any better. And that's why their performances were garbage. I don't blame them at all. But the the prequels are fucking garbage. Yeah. That being said, Hayden, really, I it's great. it's fu- It's great. I don't want to hype it up too much to you, but I got to say... The ending was perfect. It was for, per- I will say this, if they don't have a second season, I would be perfectly okay with it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: It, um, tied up some plot holes that the prequels had created and other things. Um, so it fixed plot holes. It explained things that people had complained about, not necessarily plot holes, but just little inconsistencies It explained those, um, yeah, no, it was really fucking good. Nice. It was real, real good. Cried. I'm not lying when I say I got aroused at a couple of places because things were just so like hot, like like ooh, whew, that was sexy. What you just did there. Wow. You're looking at me strange, but you know, uh, mm. it's true. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be myself. <laughs> um, no, it was it was amazing. I loved it. I do think that they will probably have more <clears throat> more seasons because. Ewan McGregor really wants them and it did really well and I don't follow like the animated series the um, the books I don't follow any of those but I know that Obi-Wan does have like a full life in between the prequels and the originals so, they do, from what I know, they have a lot of story they could tell with his character. So, I'd, I wouldn't mind if it continued, but I would be more than happy if it didn't.
0: Nice. So it great. Nice. Was, uh,
1: and, and also, I watched it again today, and I never do that.
0: The whole thing? No, no, no. Just the last episode. Ah. Got it.
1: Um, and the little girl who's little Leia, I think Carrie would just adore her. And... I'm gonna spoil this for you, cause just because I think it's interesting, they brought Aunt Brew back, so she got out of, out of that cult and right back into Star Wars. So oh, good that's for right. Her. I did yeah. hear
0: she was gonna be in it. Um, it was great. I loved it. Well, lovely. Yeah. I did start watching Chucky this week. I forgot about that.
1: Oh, okay. How are you Watched liking the first that? two? I like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like you know, I'm not gonna die over it, but it was. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna cream my jeans or anything, but
1: right, like you.
0: But yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah. So yeah, there's that.
1: I started. Pfft, I started to watch Umbrella Academy yesterday. I was just like, yeah, I don't care.
0: The like started for, like from the beginning. You're saying no?
1: I've seen seasons one and two, so I started oh, three I yesterday. See. But I don't think look when I started my Netflix, it started on an episode and two. So I don't even think I finished two. I think I was just like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I just stopped.
0: Is it because um, you're transphobic?
1: Y- yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Because even before we knew Elliot Page was trans, I sensed it and I was like, I'm not finishing this series. I know where this train is going. And actually, that's the only reason I want to um, watch season three is because Elliot Page has said that um, he and the creative team got together and. Um, uh dealt with his character in an amazing sensitive great way so I want to see how that plays out but you know that's not the point of the show so there would be a lot of other stuff I'd have to watch just to get to that and I'm just like I don't care
0: excuse me are we boring you (laughs) no 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 please forgive me if I yawn it's not that I'm tired I'm just afraid of all the boring talk that you're giving me <laughs> I <I'm
1: kidding. laughs> okay. we have discovered that every time I leave my house, I just stop. Yeah. I start yawning and I can't stop. As soon as I get in the car to go to rehearsal, I start yawning
0: mm. and yawn all it, the way through rehearsal. Is it psychosomatic?
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: Ooh, don't forget. Just
1: listening. Oh, Ooh, no, no. You. <laughs> um, so yeah, nothing else. Oh, Leah, Michelle. As they are saying, it's confirmed. She's going into um, Funny Girl.
0: That's crazy.
1: And as someone on TikTok put it, have we forgot that she's a garbage person?
0: I know. I read someone else was like, it's funny that this is happening because just a few years ago, we we're all celebrating what a racist pile of garbage she is.
1: Hmm. She's terrible. So, um, yeah, that's it
0: well we have short memories as americans
1: also uh back to the future of the is coming to broadway Uh, that's
0: right i'm glad you said that because i was going to bring that up and i totally forgot about it
1: and i think i don't know and as one person put it in the comment section of the uh, of the article that i saw this in he said, I listened to one song and if that song is any indication, it's a hard pass for me, oh. which is what I feel like. Cause I I've, I've heard one song and it was fucking terrible. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I have to, yeah.
0: I feel like I have to. I did listen to the whole thing and it's pretty bad. And the, like the biggest uh, insult to me is that they all try to sound like it, the kid tries to sound like Michael J. Fox Mm. And then Roger Bart, really, I think his performance is really based on Christopher Lloyd's performance.
1: I don't like that actor, and I don't know why. He's never done anything personally to me, but I just can't stand him or his face. And I I can't
0: (laughs) stand him. I just (laughs) like, I I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it's just annoying to me.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let me ask you this, because I don't know anything about this sort of thing will they make changes from a West end version to a Broadway
0: version? They can. Yeah, for sure. Or vice versa.
1: I'm wondering if maybe they will. I don't, like I don't know.
0: The Amelie musical that premiered here mm-hmm. um, was met with like, Meh. and then when they took it over to London, they jiggered with it. And now everyone's like, Oh my God, it's like so great. Everyone loves it. Now that version Interesting. So, yeah, it is a possible.
1: Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's back to the future. And also, I really feel like the technical side of it will be amazing.
0: Yeah. And that's oh, really sure.
1: more where my curiosity is.
0: Yes. One hundo P as the kids say.
1: I don't think any. I don't oh,
0: think no. Any no, they do. Oh,
1: do they? Do yeah. They really? Kids say
0: one P. Yep. I've heard it. <laughs> um yeah okay
1: all right um shall we get to emails
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yes queen as the kids say
1: <laughs> no no i'm gonna let that slide because it's pride but
0: <laughs> that's how they say it. yes queen <laughs> in that voice in a muppet's voice yes, queen. yes. Um, okay uh do you want me to do matt I mean, do Matt's email. Wow. And you, we'll do boys and girls.
1: So wait, do you, who's doing Matt's? Me or you?
0: I'll do Matt and you can do the other, the girl. You stick with the girls. So I'll stick with the boys. person we know
1: personally. You can yes. do the other.
0: <laughs> ah! Okay. Uh, who's starting? Uh, it, it doesn't go. go. As always, I
1: enjoy this week's podcast. I never know how I feel about Madonna. On one hand, she's a Michigander, so I've got to support her. You don't, know, though. And she's a strong woman that I admire. And I did enjoy seeing her in concert. But remember when she had those ever-changing accents? I, that was something in... She didn't have that in Trusor Dare. Right?
0: right. She didn't start that British stuff. I don't remember when that started. But
1: then I saw a the interview that I talked about, too. She didn't have it again. She was just Madonna again.
0: Selective. Like,
1: what are you doing? Um, I also feel like so much um, of her persona is done for shock value. Yes, I... I Yes, correct. Uh, I'm on the fence. By the way, I'm still waiting for you to cover Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Godspeed, Gretchen. Listen, Gretchen, don't tell us how to live our lives. Okay? <laughs> this is not going to be another Kirstie Alley, Kelly Long thing. Okay? So then we can do what you want and then you disappear? No.
0: Speaking of... We have another email from our friend, Nanook of the North. <laughs> Nanook. Miss, Monsieur Matt. Uh, so Matt says, first off, can I get a fucking amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> she Angela, placenta. We did it, kids. Now, unfortunately, <laughs> I had something urgent to take care of. And after almost a decade, it lined up. Oh, no, this is the same one.
1: This is the, yeah, there's a new one.
0: Okay then fuck that. Oh my god. Um where is the new one? I'll just read it since I have it. Okay. Uh, um I watched
1: Jurassic Park. Oh, Jeff I see. Yes. was Heaven and for once I didn't want to kill Bryce Dallas Howard and I'm glad Pratt was in the background overall. Okay. Okay, ending. Hope you all had a wonderful week. That was it.
0: Okay. Well, thanks Matt. I haven't seen Have you seen? I JP?
1: haven't seen it yet. JPD um, I have not seen it yet. I have not seen
0: it yet. I just said JPD and it just made me think of Jurassic Police Department. And they (laughs) should do that where the dinosaurs are police.
1: (laughs) Yeah. TM, it's fine. Don't steal it. It's my idea. I've
0: got it. I'm going to write it tonight. Um, Speaking of which, have you watched the new. Speaking of
1: a Jurassic Police Department.
0: Jurassic Police Department. Have you watched the new. Emma Thompson movie?
1: No. Is it a VLAPL?
0: It's on Hello.
1: Oh, no, I haven't watched it, but I'm going to because it looks real good.
0: Yeah. Okay. Just wondered. Okay. Um, well, let's get into the lady of the week. <laughs> All so, right. today we're doing the OG Fisher Mama, uh, Debbie Reynolds.
1: Debbie Reynolds. Ugh.
0: Um. <laughs> So yeah, I don't even know what my first memory of Debbie Reynolds was. So oh yeah, neither
1: do I. Probably Halloween Town.
0: Always been yeah, and I don't even know what that is. So
1: <laughs> it's a terrible Disney uh, channel, Disney Channel movie. Yeah, it's a
0: yeah. it's a terrible Disney channel.
1: It's a terrible oh god! <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah. All right. Um, All right.
0: So I will tell you about Debbie Reynolds. I got my information from the Wikipedia from a WNYC interview with Alec Baldwin, of all people, Mm. uh, from the Daily Beast, from an interview in Vogue, and I've been listening to her memoir, Unsinkable.
1: (gasps) Excuse me.
0: So Mary Frances Reynolds was born on April 1st. Nineteen thirty-two, in El Paso, Texas. Q Q, Q. <laughs> Her mother was Maxine Minnie <gasps> Harmon.
1: Are, are you sure?
0: Yeah, there's like six H's in the front. Uh, 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 Harmon <laughs> and Raymond Ray Reynolds. Hmm. He was a carpenter who worked for the Southern Pacific uh, Railroad. She had an older brother named William, who was two years older than she. Uh, Her mother took in laundry for income, and they lived in a shack in El Paso. She says, we were very poor, but we always had something to eat, even if dad had to go out into the desert and shoot jackrabbits. Oh, I know. He uh, moved the family to Burbank in 1939 and she said i first won this little contest in burbank california where i was raised see we came from texas because we were really poor and my dad wanted us to have a better life so he moved us to california he worked for the railroad he repaired underneath the engines my dad worked really hard but the most boring job in the whole wide world I retired him as soon as my luck changed and my whole life changed and I came into show business. I discovered a whole different world and that people really had fun and people laughed and our life was rather tedious and hard because we didn't have any money. My dad made 200 dollars a month. Now mm. that's better than nothing, but it still also buys very little. Yes. Yeah. So our life was a little bit meager and we never even had a Christmas tree. Oh. When she was 16, uh, she was a student at Burbank High School, and this was in 1948. She won the Miss Burbank Beauty Contest. Oh! And at that time, she was discovered by talent scouts from Warner Brothers and from MGM because they were both at this contest. Both companies wanted to hire her, so they ended up flipping a coin to see which one got her, and Warner Brothers won. Nice. So she was offered a contract with Warner Brothers And then the head of the studio, Jack Warner, gave her the stage name of Debbie.
1: Ah, okay.
0: To go with Reynolds. She wasn't just known as Debbie. So just to clear that up, (laughs) she wasn't like Madonna of her time.
1: That would be a terrible name to just have (laughs) the one.
0: Here comes Uh, Debbie. Which Debbie? (laughs) Debbie. Debbie? Well, right. But which one?
1: Waitress or like, what are you talking about? You know, Debbie, I don't. That's why I'm asking.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not. It doesn't have the same ring as like Share or <laughs> right. Um, so she was with Warner Brothers for 2 years, and then when they stopped producing musicals, she then moved over to MGM. During her lifetime, she amassed a huge collection of movie memorabilia, beginning with items from uh, a landmark 1970 MGM auction in 1992, she and her then husband, Richard Hamlet bought a hotel and casino in Las Vegas, which they named the Debbie Reynolds hotel and casino. Part of the appeal of this purchase was so that she could build a museum in this casino to house her huge collection of movie memorabilia. Mm -hmm. And she also wanted Uh, to have like a showroom where she could then also perform. However, the hotel was not successful. Her husband was a big fat POS and (laughs) swindled her out of millions of dollars.
1: Oh my God.
0: And so the hotel closed and she uh, was forced into bankruptcy. And so her collection of stuff was then moved to a, a museum that was close to the Kodak theater in Los Angeles. From there that museum was to relocate to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, uh to be the centerpiece of a big new tourist attraction that was being built, but that developer went bankrupt. And so they filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2009 and it forced all of her stuff into be auctioned off. Mm-hmm. So, um, Todd Fisher, who is her son, announced that she was heartbroken to have to auction off the collection. It was valued at $10.79 million. Holy shit. I know. Uh, The Los Angeles auction firm Profiles in History was given the responsibility of conducting a series of auctions. Among the more than 3,500 costumes, 20,000 photographs. Photographs. Thousands of movie posters, costume sketches, and props included in the sale also were Charlie Chaplin's boulder hat and Marilyn Monroe's white subway dress, whose skirt is lifted up by the breeze from the passing subway train in the film The Seven Year Itch. The dress sold for $4.6 million in 2011, and the final auction was held in May of 2014. Ms. Debbie Reynolds was married three times. Her first marriage was to singer Eddie Fisher in 1955. They became the parents of Carrie and Todd. They divorced in 1959. And now I don't know if you've heard this story, but you see, it's funny doing this research. Like she made a cottage industry out of this story. Oh, 100%. Just traded on it. Every chance she had. And good for her. Absolutely. So, in case you don't know, (laughs) uh, Eddie and Debbie were friends with Elizabeth Taylor and her husband at the time, Mike Todd. Now, Mike Todd died in a tragic plane crash. And so, Eddie took to comforting Elizabeth. And that comforting went about as far as comforting could go. He did it with his penis. Yes. He comforted her right in her vagina (laughs) with his comforting (laughs) penis. Uh, And so they, Debbie and Eddie got a divorce and which was really sad because they were really good friends, the four of them at the time. So it really was the ultimate betrayal.
1: Yeah. That's shitty, shitty.
0: But uh, this whole scandal was, A very, very public scandal. And it even led to the cancellation of Eddie Fisher's television show because he was so frowned upon. Because Debbie was known as America's sweetheart at the time. Um, Elizabeth and Debbie eventually reconciled in 1966. They both were on the Queen Mary on a trip to Europe. And Debbie said, we got on the same boat to go to Europe. And I sent a note to her, and she sent a note to me. And then we had dinner together. Uh, she was married to Richard Burton by then I had been remarried at that point, And we just said, let's just call it a day. And we got smashed. And we had a great evening and stayed friends since then. Oh, that's I nice. Know. So nice. In 2011, uh, Debbie Reynolds was on the Oprah Winfrey show just weeks before Elizabeth Taylor died. Um, and she told that story that I have just said. And um, she said that, uh, let's just cut that out because that's a double double story that I have in my nose. said it in edit. So okay. s- snippety snop. Now. Uh, She says, in retrospect, though it was not my will, I think it probably was the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, Eddie gave me two great children, and for that, I will ever be grateful. Our door is always open to him. I believe in peaceful coexistence and being friends with the father of your children. Her second marriage was to millionaire businessman Harry Carl, which lasted from 1960 to 1973. I didn't even realize they were married for 13 years. For a period during the 1960s, she stopped working at the studio on Friday afternoons to attend Girl Scout meetings, since she was the leader of the Girl Scout troop, of which her 13-year-old daughter at the time, Carrie, and her stepdaughter, Tina, were members. Uh, Debbie Reynolds later found herself in a financial difficulty because Harry Carl gambled, you see. God, why men? And he uh, also had a string of bad investments. She said he was a very sweet man, but didn't have any sense about money. He was a gamble-aholic, so he lost all of his money, which was millions and millions, and all of my money, which was millions. Her third marriage was to real estate developer Richard Hamlet from 1984 to 1996. Of Richard, she said, I married the devil. I am am waiting to read that somebody runs him off a cliff somewhere. Wow. I know. On December 23rd, 2016. (gasps) Lily's
1: original due date
0: was December 23rd. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Uh, Debbie Reynolds' uh, daughter, Carrie, (laughs) suffered a medical emergency on a transatlantic flight from London to Los Angeles. She died on December. December 27th, 2016, at the age of 60. The following day, December 28th, Debbie Reynolds was taken by ambulance to Cedar Sinai Medical Center after suffering a severe stroke. And later that afternoon, Debbie Reynolds was pronounced dead in the hospital and she was 84 years old. Mm. And they just couldn't live without each other. I know. I know. <laughs> Ugh. 2016. was That's a shitty year. Oh
1: my god, 2016. It started with Alan. It all started when Alan died.
0: Oh, Rickman. I was like Alan. 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 Alan, Alan Wrench. <laughs> 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 yep. <sighs> all
1: right. Let's see. Um, I got all my stuff on Wikipedia. Okay. Um. Let's see. Uh, as you said, uh, Reynolds was discovered by talent scouts uh, from Warner Brothers and MGM, and they had to uh, fight over her. Um, she was with M. Uh, nope, she was with Warner Brothers for two years, but when they stopped making musicals, she moved to MGM. With MGM, Reynolds regularly appeared in movie musicals during the 1950s and had several hit records during the period. Uh, Her song, Abba Dabba Honeymoon, (laughs) (laughs) featured in the film Two Weeks with Love and sung as a duet with co-star Carlton Carpenter, was the first soundtrack recording to become a top-of-the-chart gold record, reaching number three on the Billboard charts. Her performance in the film greatly impressed the studio. Which then gave her a co-starring role in what would become her highest profile film, Singing in the Rain, a satire on movie making in Hollywood during the transition from silent to sound pictures. It co-starred Gene Kelly, whom she called a great dancer and cinematic genius, adding, he made me a star. I was 18 and he taught me how to dance and how to work hard and be dedicated. Uh, in 1956, she appeared in a musical, Bundle of Joy, with her then husband, Eddie Fisher. <laughs> That's what he gets. Um, she next portrayed uh, Janine Deckers in The Singing Nun, and what Reynolds once called the stupidest mistake of my entire career. Mm. Uh, She made headlines in 1970 after instigating a fight with the NBC television network over cigarette advertising on her weekly television show. Although she was television's highest paid female performer at the time, she quit the show for breaking its contract. Hmm. She said, I was shocked to discover that the initial commercial aired during the premiere of my new series was devoted to a nationally advertised brand of cigarette, Paul Malls. That's what my dad smoked. Hmm. I fully outlined my personal feelings concerning cigarette advertising, that I will not be a party to such commercials, which I consider directly opposed to health and well-being.
0: Wow. good for her.
1: I know. When NBC explained to Reynolds that banning cigarette commercials from her show would be impossible, she kept to resolve. The show drew mixed reviews, but according to NBC, it captured about 42% of the nation's viewing audience. She said later she was especially concerned about the commercials because of the number of children watching the show. She did quit the show, uh, doing the show after about a year, which she said cost her about two million of lost income. Maybe I was a fool to quit the show, but at least I was an honest fool. I'm not a phony or pretender. With me, it wasn't a question of money, but integrity. I'm the one who has to live with myself. Uh, the dispute would have been rendered moot in, and in Reynolds' favor anyway had she not resigned. By 1971, the Public Health Cigarette Smoking Act, which had been passed into law before she left the show, would ban all radio and television advertising for tobacco products. Hmm. Uh, from 1999, jumping a little bit from 1999 to 2006, she played Grace Adler's theatrical mother, Bobby Adler on the NBC sitcom, Will and Grace, which earned Reynolds, her only Emmy award nomination for outstanding guest actress in a comedy series in 2000. That's crazy. She, I, right. She played a recurring role in the Disney channel, original movie, Halloween town film series <laughs> as Aggie Cromwell. Reynolds made a guest appearance as a presenter at the 69th Academy Awards in 1997. Uh, In 2000, Reynolds took up a recurring voice role in the children's television program Rugrats, playing the grandmother of two of the characters. In 2001, she co-starred with Elizabeth Taylor, Shirley MacLaine, and Joan Collins in the comedy These Old Broads, a television movie written for her by her daughter, Carrie Fisher. (laughs) She had a cameo role as herself in the 2000 film Connie and Carla. In 2013, she appeared in Behind the Candelabra as the mother of Liberace.
0: She's so good man.
1: Uh, Reynolds appears with her daughter in Bright Light, starring Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds, and a 2016 documentary about the very close relationship between the two. It premiered at the 2016 Cannes Film Festival. Uh, the, the television premiere was January 7th, 2017 on HBO. According to USA Today, the film is an intimate portrait of hollywood royalty it loosely chronicles their lives through the interviews photos footage and vintage home movies it culminates in a moving scene just as reynolds is preparing to receive the 2015 screen actors guild lifetime achievement award which fisher presented to her mom oh god okay now we're jumping back uh with limited film and television opportunities coming her way Reynolds accepted an opportunity to make her Broadway debut. She starred in the 1973 revival of Irene, a musical first produced 60 years before. When I asked why she waited so long to appear in the Broadway play, she explained, primarily because I had two children growing up. I could make movies and recordings and plays in nearby Las Vegas and handle the television series without being away from them. Now they're well on their way to being adults. Also, there was the matter of being offered a show that I felt might be right for me. I felt that Irene was it and now was the time. Reynolds and her daughter Carrie both made their uh, Broadway debuts in the play <laughs> I just I love them so much I can't take it <laughs> Per reports, the production broke records for the highest weekly gross of any musical For that production, she received a Tony nomination Reynolds also starred in, real, in a self-titled Broadway v- Review, Debbie, in 1976 She toured in Anna Get Your Gun, then wrapped up the Broadway mm. run of Woman of the Year in 1983, in the mm. late 80s Reynolds repeated her role as Molly Brown in the stage version of the unsinkable Molly Brown. Uh, We did the, uh, and then you did the, uh, the casino and the uh, collection. So that's, that's her career.
0: Have you seen singing in the rain?
1: I've seen parts of it.
0: It's so good. And I hate, I hate Gene Kelly.
1: Why do you hate Gene Kelly?
0: I just think, I don't have any feelings about him. To me, he he falls into that sort of Dana Carvey category where I don't think that anyone thinks Gene Kelly is as talented as Gene Kelly does. Mm, mm, and that bothers mm-hmm. me. However, I do absolutely adore Singing in the Rain. Okay. She's delightful. It's so funny. So good. All right. So watch it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So watch it, lady.
1: Watch it. You watch, Are you on the level?
0: <laughs> so my pick of the flick this week was almost Singing in the Rain. Uh, but thank you. was not. For not. And I ended up with 1996's Mother. Mother. Directed by Albert Brooks. Opened on Christmas Day, 1996. Oh, wow. I know. I think that you... Liked this movie. I did. Did you more than like it?
1: I think I did, yeah. Okay. I hate Albert Brooks. I gotta tell you. He annoys the ever loving fucking crap out of me. Mm. Um, but I loved it. She was amazing.
0: Oh my god, she's so fucking good. She's
1: so fucking good. Just so good. She's great. Incredible.
0: Yes. And uh, was nominated for Golden Globe for this. And uh, there was talk of Oscar for her that year. And it just did not come to fruition, uh, which was too bad. I can't believe she was only nominated for one fucking Emmy Award. That is crazy to me. I know, right? Um, And for Will and Grace, which uh, also she was just so great on that show, too. Um, But so Mother is written and directed by Albert Brooks. uh, And uh, the description on IMDb is a neurotic, twice-divorced sci-fi writer moves back in with his mother to solve his personal problems. She is his mother, Bernice, and she is... (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. She is his mother, Beatrice. And (laughs) uh, she is about as motherly and all of the really best and worst qualities of a mother. Uh, She is very passive aggressive. Um, I think my favorite, not even I think this is the scene I remembered most. Um, from seeing this the first time when they're at the supermarket and they run into those ladies the second time and she starts to tell like the guy working at the grocery store what had happened. Oh my God. That is so <laughs> that is funny like, to me. Uh, I'm
1: sorry. Do you give a shit about what's no? See, he doesn't give a shit. Oh my God.
0: She's just so endearing and
1: so just so she is so Um. I don't know. Have you ever had this thing where you're watching something and you're like, is that a really bad actor? Because yeah. they seem so natural or are they so good and you can't tell? Yes. With her, you know it's because she's a good actress, but yeah. she's just so real. Yeah. And natural. But there's no question that it's because she's so fucking talented.
0: Yeah. She also looks great in this movie. And she was like 60, which is so weird to me. Like a little over 60, but early sixties
1: dress that she puts on for her date. Oh yeah. Oh, she came out. I was like, excuse me, ma'am. You have no right to look that good. It is so good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. She is amazing. Um, Yeah, I just, I really love this movie. Um, It's interesting. I discovered this in my research on it, that um, Debbie Reynolds and Albert Brooks are only 15 years apart. She's only 15 years older than he is.
1: That's crazy. Isn't
0: it? That's crazy. And he, Albert Brooks and Carrie Fisher are very good friends, um, which is how this happened. He apparently originally wanted Nancy Reagan to be in it who used to be an actress back in the day. Um, but she said no because she was taking care of her husband who was suffering from Alzheimer's disease. And so then he asked <laughs> for a stay, uh, but she was retired and didn't want to come out of retirement. So then he asked Carrie if she thought uh, Debbie would want to do it. And she was like, I think she probably would. And so here she is. There. Also, I really love that uh, Mrs. Robinson Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Um. One of my favorite things was they're on the phone and she says to him, "I love you," and he says, "I know you think you do."
0: (laughs) I love to. I mean, it's such a trope, but it's it still works so well in this. When she they're talking and the call waiting happens. Oh God! Hello, mother. It's me. Oh, hold on. Hello, mother. It's still me. Still me. (laughs) But the
1: way they both do it is just so like. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this
1: has happened to me. And I just, I can feel just the annoyance. but it's still me. It's still- <laughs> and then he's like, why do you even have this feature? You can't use it. And then when the other son buys her the video phone, she's <laughs> like all up close to it.
0: Our and it, sister Chan or yeah. it.
1: And it is those stupid tropes, but the way she does them are so natural that it's, it's like, you forget it's a trope and it's like, yeah. oh no, I'm watching my mother do this
0: who exactly. wouldn't know how
1: to do anything with a fucking video phone.
0: All of her food stuff reminded me so much of my grandmother. <laughs> like everything in the freezer for years. And that fucking cheese, my grandma used to get government cheese. She didn't freeze it. <laughs> she, but
1: when she takes out the sorbet or the sherbet or whatever oh it God. is. And he's like there's a protective crust on top of it when he goes to eat the salad he's like ah
0: because she had the lettuce in the freezer
1: just so it's so true like old people do the weirdest things
0: I know and I loved how concerned she was well probably not really concerned but about him eating meat So, like, she like divides the refrigerator so none of her meat products will touch any of his products
1: is yes, she's being passive aggressive, but the way she plays it isn't malicious. No, she not at all. really is trying to respect his wishes, <laughs> but there's a part of her that is sort of ribbing him, but it's not meanness yeah it's just like like i've died well why well, i've split uh the refrigerator down the middle so none of my meat products and then she can't fit her stuff she's just trying to fit it oh my god
0: i love too when she brings him food and like everything's on a plate like here's an apple on a plate here's a banana on a plate <laughs> they're so like they're like five plates Tammany
1: and they're talking and i'm just like how many plates wait a minute everything's on a plate how many things is she gonna give Finally, he's like stop like
0: Yeah, I love that too. Can you eat saltines? Yes, Mother everyone can eat saltines. Sick people eat saltines. Well, I don't know if they put any meat products on these.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 Argument they have at the grocery store about fancy jelly. (laughs) (laughs) And the other bit where they're with she's telling complete strangers about their situation oh my
0: god i love that one i don't remember oh is it no where are they no, when she's they're like, in a
1: music is it a music store or a video store or something
0: when she's talking like in slow motion yes. well he's twice divorced
1: just <laughs> zoomed <in on> her
0: <laughs> mouth. yeah
1: and then they go into victoria's secret and he's like i would like to buy something for my mother "Ah,
0: crotchless panties
1: (laughs) and he's like see they don't care (laughs) because the saleswoman's just like oh okay what size are you
0: (laughs) oh it's so great i just i adore her so much she's just really is like the ultimate grandma like you just want her to take care of you yes. and you know she'll make you laugh yes i just but love she's her not so much. gonna
1: have the good snacks yeah she's not gonna have the good <laughs> snacks but she also is like uh, you know she still has sex with this dude yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was it's funny i was on her side the entire time because like um, I, I, one of my notes is maybe try going to therapy before moving back in with your mother. Because <laughs> the whole thing is he's he's getting divorced for what the second time or second third time, time yeah. second time. And so he realizes that the root of all his problems is re- his relationship with his mother. So he's going to move back in with his mother so that they can figure out their shit. And I was like, that's that's weird. And he makes her like <laughs> he like puts his old room back together again. Um. And I said, okay, she is insufferable, but so far I'm on her side. He's so (laughs) annoying. I was like, he's invading her space. (laughs) And uh, I was also struck uh, watching this, how much uh, Carrie looks like her. She looks like Carrie. Yeah. Cause there was this one profile where it was like, Oh my God, it's Carrie. Oh it so my.
0: Yeah. I love her too. And I love, I love this movie. I'm so glad you liked it.
1: No, I really, really did. I saw it was Albert Brooks and I was like, God damn it. All right, here we go. Um, but no, I really, I really loved it. She's so good. Like I said, the, and he does he's more annoying but he doesn't play it maliciously either like they love each other it's just she's not warm and fuzzy as a mother
0: no but
1: she's not mean no
0: no not at all
1: and yeah she's passive aggressive but i really think it comes from a good
0: place (laughs) she's a good passive aggressive
1: yeah and she's she, I think she's always fucking with him and she, he just doesn't realize it.
0: Yeah. Like, I did. Sh- Like, there's that one part where he's like, Was that a joke? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I've always been funny. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. it's good. It's really good. It's raw. Out of five stars, how many would you give it?
1: I'm going to give it five because she's delightful. Nice. Yeah. I give it
0: four and a half. So that's oh, look at that. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: Uh, she, yeah. It's so good. It's watch it. It's just it's not, you know, not a lot happens. It's just a relationship movie between a mother and son. But it is so funny. You've all had if you have a relationship with your mother that is in any way tolerable where you spend time with them. (laughs) You've had all of
0: these conversations. Yeah, you will recognize a lot of this. this um, I think in the
1: grocery store where they keep running into the.
0: Like, I love it so much. They it. smash into them. Oh my goodness! Oh we my just, goodness! Oh my! They It's like he's like, it's not that funny.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, you were saying something. I cut you off.
0: <laughs> um, no, I uh, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. So if you want to watch it, which you should, it is a rental. Ah, uh, yes. Jeez. And now what did you pick? Uh, I picked These Old Broads. These Old Broads. These Old
1: Broads. It's a 2001 American made for television comedy film directed by Matthew Diamond. Oh, God.
0: I love Matthew Diamond films. <laughs> I don't know. He is. <laughs> That's an auteur.
1: Uh, he really is. Written <laughs> by Carrie Fisher and starring her mother, Debbie Reynolds, as well as Shirley MacLaine. Joan Collins, Elizabeth Taylor in her final film role. Mm. Uh, uh, in a 2001 BBC uh, documentary about Elizabeth Taylor, Shirley MacLaine says that Julie Andrews and Lauren McCall were originally planned to be in the film. Oh my God. Uh, yeah.
0: Wow. How interesting. Um,
1: so the plot summary is television executive Gavin hopes to reunite celebrated Hollywood stars Piper Grayson Kate Westbourne and Addie Holden in a TV special after their 1960s film musical Boy Crazy is re-released to wide public acclaim in the 1990s. Though the three women share the same agent, Burl Mason, that's Elizabeth Taylor, Gavin's seemingly insurmountable obstacle is that they all cannot stand one another. Um, <clears throat> I think you like it, but don't love it.
0: Um. It was okay. I it, for the biggest thing for me is just it was such a first of all I can't believe I've never seen this movie. First of all, right. Um. It was just so pedestrian.
1: I mean, listen. It was bad. It was bad, but I liked it.
0: Yeah. I just because I also didn't realize that it was written by Carrie Fisher. So when I saw that at the beginning, I was like, "Ooh, here we go!"
1: Right. right, right, right and then right. I was
0: like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> Oh, and it just was, I don't know. It just was so middle of the road for me.
1: It really was. It was, and, and Elizabeth Taylor, God bless her. I don't know what that accent.
0: I don't was. either.
1: Um, she was trying, girl, homegirl was trying. Um, I did think it was sweet. They basically, Debbie Reynolds and her have a scene um, together where they sort of reconcile some of their stuff. And it was very sweet you because you can tell it's.
0: Elizabeth Taylor's character stole Debbie Reynolds' husband.
1: <laughs> yes. And so that was sweet. And I and when you remember that Carrie Fisher wrote it, it's like, you know, she's her mom and her stepmom and let's fucking work this. Although they had worked it out a long time ago. I, right, just, right, right. I thought it was cute. Um, <clears throat> I love, they made fun of a lot of things that were real life. So like they kind of poke fun at Shirley MacLaine and her. Beliefs in reincarnation and that kind of thing. Um, they poked fun at Joan Collins's uh, accent.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And they all took an it instru- and that's what I really liked about it. It was very. Carrie Fisher was like, I'm going to fucking make fun of all of you bitches. (laughs) And they all just were game for it. And so that's why I kind of liked it. And she was really good in this too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it. I just, my, my biggest takeaway was disappointment really.
1: Sure. Well, and then when I, I guess I didn't realize it was a TV movie either. So as soon as I saw it was a TV movie, I was like, oh, okay. This isn't going to be this isn't going to be great.
0: Yeah. Like I really, really hate it. And I know like, this is such a strong sentiment for this kind of TV movie, but like the whole thing with Sue McLean and her son, that was her adopted son. But then, and then you find out the truth about that. And I was like, well, that's just really cruel. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah, I do like I all, of course, all four of those women, I adore all four of them. Um, but yeah, And then I was like, oh, really? This movie from the 1960s is re-released and it shoots right to number one.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Like, uh, okay. Um, I do have some trivia.
0: Oh, please.
1: Um, And I think it looks like they're all dames, which I just thought was amazing. Uh, uh, Dame Elizabeth Taylor remained seated for most of her performance and was wheeled onto set in a chair. Mm. I can't walk a long distance, so everybody sees me in a wheelchair and thinks I'm sick, she told TV Guide. If you had broken your back three times, you'd pro- you probably wouldn't stand very long either. Mm. Um, we know about the scandal. Shirley McLean said of the shoot, it was my best time ever in making a film. She went on to claim that none of the actresses were ever late to set, not even Elizabeth. <laughs> 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 and worked from 5 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. every day. Uh, uh, this movie written by Carrie Fisher Contains one actress who was Fisher's mother Debbie Reynolds, obviously One who was her ex-stepmother Obviously, Elizabeth Taylor And one, Shirley McLean Who played the mother of a character Based upon her postcards from the edge Right <laughs> Novel <clears throat> uh, Even with the stars attached Elizabeth Taylor and Carrie Fisher Couldn't get any studios interested in shooting the script As a future film uh, Fisher remarked that studio executives believe the only audience the movie was tr- would attract is a group of seniors huddled around the television at a nursing home. Mm. Um, Rude. Yeah, right. When asked how she felt about being known as an old broad, Shirley McLean told Us Weekly, I've been a broad since I was three. <laughs> uh Dame Joan Collins uh, seems to have researched her answer more thoroughly, claiming the dictionary's definition of broad is babe, chick, dame, dish, doll, or tootsie. I don't mean I don't mind being called any of those. <laughs> uh Debbie Reynolds quipped, I'm not broad in any sense of my rear end, but I do love being an old broad. <laughs> uh Referencing co-star Dame Elizabeth Taylor, Reynolds concluded England made Elizabeth a Dame. So in America, let's give her the title broad. (laughs) I think that's cute. Um, Although her co-stars donned fake jewels, Dame Elizabeth Taylor wore her own on the movie set. Uh, The first scene she did with her sapphire and diamond bracelet and earrings and wearing the diamond that Richard Burton had given her. By the time she did her last scene, the necklace was ready. So she wore that as well. I don't know what that means uh the movie was shot in 22 days wow um i'm mcclain had wanted the title role in the unsingable molly brown which ended up going to debbie reynolds and reynolds wanted to play the character based on herself in postcards of, from the edge but it ended up going to mcclain uh, uh the finale musical production number took 16 hours to film According to TV Guide, Shirley McLean became annoyed by a buzzing sound, left, and refused to return to the set. Eventually she did return to rehearse and soon tripped on the stairs. And oh my fell. God. <laughs> Cast and crew members rushed to her side, except for Dame Joan Collins, who took the break as an opportunity to check her makeup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um Yeah. Uh let me see if there's anything other interesting. Oh, despite playing her mother, Pat Crawford Brown was only four years older than Joan Collins. Oh my
0: God, that is crazy!
1: Isn't that weird?
0: She looks so much older,
1: uh, right? Um, I thought this was interesting. Elizabeth Taylor and Joan Collins have both portrayed the Flintstones character Pearl Slaghoop.
0: Oh wow!
1: Mother of Wilma Flintstone. Uh-huh. That's, uh huh. That's that's real weird. That's interesting. Um, and Miller turned down the role of Joan Collins's mother. The seventy-eight-year-old Miller Ooh. being unwilling to play mother-daughter with a sixty-eight-year-old Collins. Yeah, I mean, I get that.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Let's see. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really.
0: It. In her book, Debbie Reynolds says that she asked Mike Nichols if she could play the mother role in Postcards from the Edge, mm-hmm. and he said, "No, you're not right for that role." also i found this was also part of that interview that she did with alec baldwin um she says oh elizabeth loved to work and he says she did and she said yes we uh she yes she did and she was a very good actress we did a picture carrie wrote my daughter carrie these old broads it was called and shirley mclean joan collins and elizabeth and myself alec baldwin said you made this movie She said, we made the movie. It was called These Old Broads broads that Carrie convinced. He says, I've never seen this movie. And she said, well, maybe you're one of the lucky ones.
1: Oh, I just love her so much. I love her so much.
0: So how many stars would you give to these old broads? You know, I'm going to say two. I would say, I would... I'm feeling generous. I would give it a three.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I mean, Debbie Reynolds is great in it again. I mean, the ladies are great. They're funny. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor, I don't know what accent she's doing, but she's still funny. Yeah. Like if you take it as, oh, this is camp and tongue in cheek and not meant yes. to be good.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, which oh, go do it with that.
1: Which I don't think that's what they were going for. But right. If you go into it like that, then it's great.
0: Yeah. I um, agree. It would have been interesting if it was a feature, like if it, how different it might have been.
1: Yeah, I think it. Um, yeah, it would have been. It would have been better, but uh, we'll never know. I didn't hate it.
0: Yeah, I was just. I think now knowing what it is, I would. If it was on again, I wouldn't turn it off.
1: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I might look around for something else.
0: Sure, but I would might come back to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there wasn't anything, if there wasn't some murder documentary or something, I'll come exactly. back to You know what I'm saying? I do. So, anyway, that was Miss Reynolds.
0: Yeah, it was nice. A nice little check-in. Yeah, I just um, love her. So, if you'd like to write to us, you can at 3 uh, at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on
1: the Instagram, of 3 Funny Ladies Podcast.
0: Um, and next week we're back with a WeePod.
1: We sure are. It's yours. Yeah.
0: Yeah. S- do you know so, what we're doing? Yeah. Let's just, uh, check out. Good luck to you, Leo Grande. What is that? That's the new Emma Thompson movie. Oh,
1: I- there you go. And I was going to say, <laughs> oh, we should do that as a WeePod. put, uh, a new Emma Thompson movie. Perfect. Because I am going to watch it anyway. So yeah.
0: And then the week after is our 100th episode, so we'll have something, some extravaganza.
1: Are we going to say extravaganza, seeing as we haven't thought about it yet? I
0: don't know. It'll be something. It'll be a show.
1: Go into it like it's, uh, (laughs) like we want it to be camp. Like we want.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do these old broads, the Suze and Joe version.
1: (laughs) with all new songs um i don't don't know what that means all right great well we'll see you guys next week
0: we sure will have a lovely week okay uh bye-bye now